0: Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't
1: have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: This is Soulful Living on Empower Radio. Here's your host,
1: Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of soulful living here at Empower Radio. My last few podcasts have been about sobriety as I am celebrating 27 years of being clean and sober. Uh, I'm not going to jump into my story because today it's not about me. You can go back to the first of the year and hear my story Um, anyway. My guest today, Laura McCowan, has been on her own journey of sobriety, uh, officially for five years, but um, I think a little bit longer than that, as she, you know juggled some things. And we're going to talk about Laura's story, and we're going to talk about her work. We are the luckiest. The Surprising Magic of a Sober Life. And um, before I get further into it, I just want to say welcome, Laura. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, every chapter of this book, I feel, could be a separate podcast all in and of itself, which I'm oh. sure when you had your <laughs> podcast, that's, you know, a lot of it comes from this. But so much of it resonated with me that like I'm on the verge of tears now because your story was in many ways so similar to mine and I love how you have made it your passion to talk about it and help others. Thank you. Thank you so
0: much. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, um, where I thought I would end up, but yeah, I'm grateful that, that it did.
1: Well, and you know, um, it, there was one chapter where you talked about, I think it was in the first chapter, where you were had been clean for 30 days, sober mm-hmm. for 30 days, and you basically looked at your daughter and you finally realized, hey, wait a minute, I am lucky. I remember. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember last night. I remember today. And that was kind of my story. I felt like, wow, I remember. Um, so how did you come about the title, We Are the Luckiest? It was, was it kind of through that moment? Yeah, it
0: was, it was, um, there was, you know, I thought like most people do that having to get sober was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me and that it was the end of all the fun and, uh, my love life and my work life. And I, I really thought everything was just, um, going to end, you know, that I, I would live this very small life and, uh, and that people could, who could drink normally were so lucky, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I realized pretty, it it took me, as you said, it took me a while. I, it took me a full year of trying at sobriety before I put together that 30 days. And it was just a a very um, random Tuesday night, I think. And uh, just at home and my daughter had gone to sleep, you know, she was sleeping in my bed and I was having a hard time that night. I don't know what uh, I was upset about, but the new sobriety is so hard. And I had been crying and it just sort of passed, you know, and I realized just had this moment where I saw my daughter, she was safe and asleep and I was safe and in my own bed and clean sheets. And there was no new destruction that was going to be created. I would remember all of it. And I just had this moment of like, oh, this is actually what I wanted this whole time was this mm-hmm. kind of direct experience of life. And I felt very, very lucky in that moment. And not just that I wouldn't, that that I would wake up and remember everything, but that I wasn't missing it anymore. I wasn't m- missing my life anymore. And mm-hmm. even though it was so hard at that time, it was such a, it was so hard for me, um, I felt very lucky. And I posted that something with along those lines to Instagram. And I said, we are the luckiest. And it just kind of became a thing. Um, so it was very, it was the very obvious choice for the book title. You know, I have a class with that name now. I, um, people have been using it to, to come out
1: sober, to talk about their sobriety online. And so it was the very obvious choice. Well, and it's obviously very powerful. You know what I always found um, interesting. You know that back and forthness of that thought that we can't survive if we're not drinking. It's what everybody does. You know, we what are we going to do if we're not having drinks? If we're if we're sober, blah blah blah. I remember one day, and this was only like seven years ago. Somebody said to me, "Well, oh my God, you must be the boringest person in the world. <laughs> you know, you don't drink, you don't smoke." You, you know, I said, well, my favorite word is the F bomb. And if you ask my husband, he's going to tell you I'm the best ride he ever had. Oh and I've God. been sober, you know, and I'm like, I've been sober for 27 years. So we have this misconception that life yeah. is only fun if we're drinking. And it's yeah. just not true. And I know that, you know, through your journey the last five years, you've really had some up moments. I'm, I know you've had some down moments too, you know, and that you talk about, Drinking is your thing. You know, I, I say to people, we're all recovering for some, from something. Mm -hmm. And I love that you call it a thing. That, that was my thing. Yeah. Right. Well, it was, and
0: that's why it sort of normalizes it too, because like we all have, we all have something, often many things. I just, uh, we still have alcohol addiction and, and it relates to what you said about, you know, equating alcohol with like fun and Mm -hmm. equaling a good life and all that. Um we equate alcohol, we have alcohol addiction and drug addiction in this sort of special, but particularly alcohol addiction because it's legal and it's so ubiquitous, you know, it's just mm-hmm. everywhere. We have it as, as this sort of unique case in our society. Um, and I just, I don't see it as that interesting even. It's just mm-hmm. like, that's
1: just the thing that got me, you know? Well, and you were in the corporate world you where... It really was a thing. I mean, there was so much of it. I have a friend who went to a, a high-end um, uh, nonprofit celebration, and there was a room that was just a, cat, or a free bar. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know? And she called me, and she's like, "There's something wrong here, you know, that this is what we're mm-hmm. what we're hanging on to, and and just feeding into that sense of drinking to have fun." And yeah. And also yeah. you talk about looking at it differently than an addiction, you know, that it's, we need to change some terminology in there. We do.
0: I mean, I, yeah, that's a whole other thing. I don't, you know, I don't really love the labels addict or alcoholic. I just, um, I, for me personally, I see it as this sort of, uh, it, it causes people to not examine their drinking Mm-hmm. Until it it reaches a certain point in which you could qualify as being an alcoholic. When the truth is, there's, you know, well, first of all, there's no safe amount of alcohol. We that a study came out last year that showed that we don't see that study because no one, no, there are lots of uh, there's lots of businesses that will not, you know, are not a uh, are hoping that we won't see that and that ride on us not uh, still viewing alcohol as something that can be done in moderation and that's even healthy. But that aside, it just, you know, it exists on a spectrum. Um, you don't have to be acutely addicted for alcohol to be really wreaking havoc in your life. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that for me, the labels mean too much. They keep us comparing. Um, they they keep it in this sort of black and white view of there are people who can drink and there are people who can't. And if you're an mm-hmm. alcoholic, you can't. And everyone else is fine, no matter what it looks like,
1: right? Right, right. It's just not true. Right. I mean, it's still, you're pouring methane into your system. Yeah, yeah. Right? You are. Right? right. You're, 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 and if you're even the least bit health conscious, you know, if you're someone that talks about healthy lifestyles, why would you include that? Uh,
0: yeah. You know, Why would well, you it's funny. I mean, we it. we also have this. It's funny the links we'll go to to like you know eat cleanly and all the things that we'll, we'll just, we're just so militant about with our diet and the health the health steps we take, but yet you know, alcohol still belongs in that picture. It's, it's almost hilarious.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, I I know you're a yoga teacher and in our community, which I'm sure they have in your community, I see these, um, oh you know, yoga, let's do yoga and then let's have cocktails. Yeah. All sponsored either by, um, you know, one of the alcohol manufacturers or by the um, event location itself. And I think, okay, wait a minute, how, there's, that's such a, it's, (laughs) it's such a, it's such a strong, it's wrong. I know it's, I Uh, shake my
0: head every time I see something like that. It's just absurd.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so two other things that I really found amazing. uh, We're dropping the labels, period. Mm -hmm. And looking at it, okay, this is now because so many people do get hung up on, I have to be like this forever. This is my forever story. Mm -hmm. And I love where you talked about your teacher who said, are you drinking now? And you said, no. (laughs) Okay, there you have it. Just think (laughs) about now. Right. Yeah. Well, I was so hung up by this idea of never drinking
0: again. You know, that, that when I had first quit, it just caused me so much despair because I just, I couldn't imagine I, well, I wasn't happy about it at the time. Right. This yeah. it felt like this huge, it was a huge loss. It changed everything about my life. And I was in this state of grief and just frustration and anger and I just could not imagine forever, you know, stretched out like my entire life without drinking. And it really messed me up for a long time thinking that way. And then um, finally, it was like, I remembered that my teacher had said that. And I, you know, it was after my last night of drinking, actually, which I didn't know would be my last night. It was the only thing I did different really that next day was to stop <laughs> promising myself I would never drink again, you know, because I just mostly because I couldn't take, uh, going against my word, not even one more time. It was Mm -hmm. just so, it was so brutal. So I just said, I'm not going to do it like today, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now, now I feel, I want, it's important to say like, now I feel differently. It doesn't feel like I don't, I'll never drink again. You know, I don't, I don't
1: feel that way. And I think that, it was important to clarify that because you know it's been 27 years for me, and I know I never want another drink ever. Right, right. You know, ever, you're, ever. You're ever. not
0: trying to not drink now. You know, it's like it just is who you are.
1: It is who I am, and I think that as you um, create that sense of strength within yourself, and and are practicing something, whatever that is, AA, yoga, whatever it is, right. It, once you begin to once that becomes ingrained into who you are, then it's, it's just your life and you don't even think about forever. But sometimes that's all you can do is that next step. You know, the AA slogan, one day at a time. To me, that totally makes sense. It is the now. We're just going to do it. We're going to do it right now. I tell people, Every second gives us another chance, right? We don't right. have to be... That's the future. We want to be right now. that's the only now. thing that we're... That's the only way we're living uh, ever. That's the only way we do anything,
0: really. And I think the... You know, we either look back and kind of stay stuck that way or we catastrophize into the future. Um, but that's the way... that, we, the, way that we, the only thing that's real is what's happening now anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of um it, to me that gave me a lot of space and sort of peace enough so that i could just breathe and just say okay that's all i'm doing mm-hmm. like right now it's okay if i'm sad and angry and whatever it doesn't because i think what adds to whenever we feel discomfort of any kind our natural or the biggest fear we have is that it's going to stay that way it's right. never going to leave right I'm always right. going to be caught in this grief. I'm always going to miss this person. I'm always going to, you know, miss drinking. Um, even though we know that's not how life works. It's like,
1: that's how we feel. Right. So, FOMO. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard somebody say FOMO, I'm like, what's that? You know, that fear of missing out. Oh yeah, I got it. I got that now. That totally makes sense to me. Well, and if we're living in the now and we're not focusing on, Forever, if Mm -hmm. for some reason we do have a misstep, as some would say, you know, if we do have a drink, we don't have to um, let the shame and the guilt of that eat us up, which is also something that comes with that, you know, the path to sobriety. And every time you screw up, then you're uh, you even talked about it. You would feel, um, oh, my God, you know, what did I do? And if you're living in the now, then it's easier to embrace your humanness, because that's what we are. Yes, that's right. Right?
0: Yeah, that's all we are ever doing. I mean, and yes, I, I wouldn't even add to that. It's just that's what's true. And it makes anything possible, you know? Yes. It makes anything possible because if all you're doing is what you're doing right now,
1: then great. that's all you have to worry about. I think I highlighted and circled that page in your book, you know, like, okay, yeah, that's really all you have to worry about is right now. That's Mm -hmm. the only place you have to be. Um, so what about AA? I mean, I, I know you started that way. Um, Mm -hmm. do you still touch base with your sponsor? How did it, how did it make a difference in your life?
0: Well, I mean, it was, you know, I wrote the chapter about AA in my book is pretty long and, um, and I wrote it many times because I really wanted to get it right. I mean, I don't know that I would be sober without AA. I They were the first, it was the first touchstone I had into the world of sobriety. And that means everything, right? It was the first stories I heard of other people who had gone through what I had gone through. I met amazing people there that I still know. Um, and, and... And I, I, again, also like they saved me really in the beginning mm-hmm. and at beginning as in like the first two years, not like the yeah. first 30 days, you know, it was a significant part of my story. And I, I have kind of gone in and out. Um, I would say now I don't go to meetings so much anymore. I, although I did, you know, I, I was traveling last week and I went to a couple because um, it's helpful, but mm-hmm. especially when you're on the road, I bet it is. Yeah, it just feels grounding. And yeah, um, it's also just interesting to see what meetings are like in other cities. But I, I didn't love a lot of what I heard in there. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like some of the if at times felt very constrictive to me and sort of fear based. And much of that, ha- much of that is the fellowship, you know, because it varies. So the, the program of AA, which is the 12 Steps, I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And my sponsor says it's ancient spiritual wisdom. I agree. It's do, going through that was profoundly helpful to me. Having a sponsor is still profoundly helpful to me. But um, the fellowship varies very widely depending on where you are, what meeting you're in. And some mm-hmm. of it I hate it, you know. Yeah. And I couldn't. Um, so and I also had like my work, once I, I quit my, my job in advertising in 2016. And when I did that, and even before that, because I ran home podcasts, which was all about sobriety, I was writing all about sobriety. I was very, and am still very connected to recovery every day because of my work. And so it wasn't like sobriety. Like when I left, I don't even say I left AA, when I stopped going to meetings, Mm -hmm. I still had a lot of recovery in my life on a day-to-day basis. I think maybe if that was the only time I sort of touched base with my sobriety, it it would have been different. Um, my message to people is that it can be complicated. Like it's okay if it's complicated. I think there's this idea that you either have to do one thing or the other, and that you're either all the way in A or you're out. And, um, and that's not true. And there's no one path to getting sober. Like for some people, it just isn't their thing. And and right. that's
1: totally fine.
0: Um, right. So,
1: well, another thing that I absolutely love in the book is when you talk about the pregnancy principle, mm. can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, basically it's a long chapter on boundaries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here's how to set boundaries because, uh, we have, it's just fascinating, you know, like for me getting sober, I had to get, I had to get sober to save my life. It wasn't, I was really saving my life. And even if it, if your drinking isn't as extreme as mine was, you're still in a sense, saving your life because not, you know, what I say is it's like the difference between just existing and actually living, Yeah. you know, um, and so the pregnancy principle came about because I had a friend who was really stressed out about whether or not to serve. She was newly sober, like five months or something. And she was really stressed out about whether or not to serve alcohol at dinner parties she was having, because it would have always been the norm in the past, but she didn't really want to, but she didn't want to explain. She didn't right. want the guests to be uncomfortable, like all that, This mm-hmm. gym- gymnastics that we do. It was like, okay, let's just back up and really take a look, and look at what's happening here. Like you are saving your life and one area of our life of human nature of our culture or whatever that is that we're really clear about boundaries is is in pregnancy right even if you're a a man um even if you've never been pregnant you get that like no one ever questions the sort of boundaries that a pregnant woman needs to
1: have around her time and how she's spending
0: her time and energy and all that
1: Right, people usually notice. Like if they've been hanging out with somebody and all of a sudden that person's not drinking, they'll notice. They'll say, "Oh, are you pregnant? You're not drinking." Well, there's that, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. No, but I just mean that. Yes, people are definitely aware people of that. Are aware. They're definitely aware of how you take care of your body and yourself during pregnancy. But
0: but we don't. They don't
1: question. Any- right anything
0: about that.
1: Right. It is. It's
0: cool. It's great. Right. But why wouldn't you apply that same, you know, meant that same construct to sobriety, which is also saving your life. Right. You know, like, and it's not apologizing for how you're spending your time, not putting yourself in situations that are um, painful or difficult or suck you suck your energy away. Mm -hmm. Um, and protecting what you're trying to do, protecting that life. Mm -hmm. So it
1: speaks to all of that. Well, and I, I think you're right. It's not for everybody. Um, And of course, everybody has, has their own choices to make. You know, I, I look at myself when I became sober, I, and you talk about the loneliness that you felt, Mm-hmm. Right. You talk about how you felt lonely and you really needed to find a community. And I lost all of my friends when I yeah. became sober. You know, now, um, 20 some years later, some of them are embracing their own sobriety and they're like, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm great. And I'm still here, you know. Yeah. But you, it's such a huge change that you do go through so many different emotions. And loneliness is one of them. That's huge. Loneliness is huge. Yeah. You have to,
0: even, even if your relationships stay intact, it's it's still such an adjustment, you know, because you're not operating in the same way. So it's like, you have to get to know this new you. They have to get to know this new you. It's, uh, very, it's, it is, I think a beautiful loneliness though. It's like, yeah. you have to, I, I think it's one of the best parts about it, even though it's tremendously hard because you finally get to know yourself, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we're, this went by way too fast. We yeah. only had I mean, we only have four minutes left. And I really I want to talk about the workshops that you have coming up and how people can connect with you beyond the book. We are the luckiest listeners. Grab the book especially if you are looking to change your thing. Yeah, that is right? But yeah, Mm -hmm. so so let's just talk about some of the workshops you have coming up. So I
0: teach a eight week online course called We Are the Luckiest, same name as the book, that is for people who are already sober that have any sort of length in sobriety. So it's not a how to get sober class, um, but it's for people who have some sobriety and are looking to have more stability and joy and resilience. I basically took... All the things that were the hardest parts about getting sober, much of what we've talked about, loneliness, dealing with like painful emotions like shame and grief and anger um, and rolled them into a really wonderful class. And I've taught it many, many times now. I'm teaching it again, starting March 3rd. And registration opens in mid February. It's all on my website, all my courses, all my offerings, everything's on my website, which is my name. It's lauramcowan.com. I also am, I'm on social media, but I, um, I'm most, I, I like Instagram the best. So that's the best place to find me. And I, I post all. All my things there too.
1: Awesome. Well, that's good because my um, producer Remy and I were just talking about Instagram, and a few of his friends have been telling him he needs to be on there. So (laughs) now you've got that Instagram reinforcement and reminder. Remy, get on Instagram. Um, Okay. So uh, when I when I first started following you, it was actually through Instagram about a year and a half ago, and I love that this. you know, the sobriety movement and how things are really shifting away from traditional teaching. So I think it's awesome that you're out there doing this work and inspiring people to really find, find that magic. You know, we are the luckiest, the surprising magic of a sober life. Yes. To find that magic. And I really loved, um, I don't know what you would call it, but it was, it's, it's a quote that you share often and it's one through nine. I don't know if you can read it to us, but it starts with, it's not your fault. Like, I don't know what you call that. Is that like your, your signature? You know what I mean? I just, yeah. I mean, it's the epigraph
0: to the book. Um, It's something actually that I wrote many years ago, I wrote it in response to a woman who wrote me a letter about her sister. She didn't know what to say to her sister who was struggling with drinking. So it goes, um, one, it's not your fault. Two, it is it is your responsibility. Three, it is unfair that this is your thing. Four, this is your thing. Five, this will never stop being your thing until you face it. Six, you can't do it alone. seven only you can do it. Eight, I love you. And nine, I will never stop reminding you of these things.
1: Okay. So I'm teary. And every time I read that, listen to me, my voice. Every time I read that, I feel that overwhelming sense of the connectivity that you bring to people. Oh, okay. So, you're welcome. So thank you for that. And thank you for joining me here. Oh. I feel like we could do this again and break down chapter by chapter. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so thank you for being here. And listeners, you can find all of Laura's information on the Soulful Living page here at Empower Radio. And just remember, you're not alone because Laura is going to remind you. Mm-hmm. Thank you.